0: Today we are continuing on in this series on the book of Proverbs, and yes, today we're going to look at what God's Word has to say about our sex life. And to be sure, nothing is going to create as much energy and excitement as well as maybe even confusion and anxiety than the topic of sex. So we're going to talk about it here, because frankly, it's talked about everywhere else, right? It's in the movies, it's splashed on magazine covers, and it f- is freely delivered to every electronic device known to mankind. It is everywhere. We live in a sex-saturated society. So just fair warning, while this, ser- this message today is not rated G, it is PG. It's not PG-13, it is PG. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you may recall that I did talk about how when it comes to living in truth, right? God's truth, living a life of wisdom, that you have two options, right? There is God's way, and then there's the world's way. And you may also recall how when it comes to the world's way, things don't work. It is the wrong way. So today, we're going to look at God's way. All right, we're going to look at what God's word in the book of Proverbs has to say about sex. But before I go there, though, let me just share with you some of where the world's way has taken us with regards to sex. So, for example, the world's way has led to a multi-billion dollar porn industry that has, that treats people like objects. The world's way has led to almost 20 million new STD infections each year in the U.S. alone. The world's way has led to 55% of married men saying, admitting that they have been unfaithful and 45% of women admitting the same thing. The world's way has led to 55 million abortions in the U.S. over the past 45 years, 40 years. And worse, the world's way has led to one in five women in the U.S. having experienced an attempted or completed rape in their lifetime. And here's what's really scary. One of three of those women who were raped in the U.S. were between the ages of 11 and 17. So, yeah, there's that. That's the world's way when it comes to sex. And it's not pretty right? It's that people's lives are broken. People are hurt. They have regret. They're filled with shame. And, And maybe some of you sitting here right now, maybe some of you watching me online right now, maybe you can understand what I'm saying because maybe you've made some sexual mistakes in your life. Or maybe you're carrying deep wounds because of the way sex was used in your life. Either way, Either way, if you've come to hear the truth, you've come to the right place. There is good news. There is a different way than the world's way. It's a much better way. It's God's way. Look at this verse in 1 Thessalonians 4. It says, it is God's will that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. So as Christians, right, as a child of God bought and paid for, With the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you are called to stay away from sexual sin. But you know, like I do, that's a lot easier said than done. So thankfully, in the book of Proverbs, we find some incredible insight and wisdom. And and so my challenge for you today is pretty simple. Even though everybody seems to be going the world's way with regards to sex, I would like to challenge you to at least consider God's way. I mean, seriously, I'm convinced that if you approach this topic with an open mind and at least consider God's way, it will help you succeed in making your sex life foolproof. All right, so if you're serious about this, you want to make your sex life foolproof, then Number one, commit to God's standard. Why? Because God thought it up. It was his idea. He created sex and he created each of you to be sexual beings. So God always, always knows best when it comes to your sex life. That's why he set the standard for sex. And when you follow God's standard for sex, it will guard you and protect you and keep you from getting hurt. Proverbs four says it this way, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Commit to God's standard. Now, there are a number of reasons why God in his infinite wisdom created sex. And let me just share with you a couple of them. First, and of course, God created sex for pleasure, right? God was very intentional when he made sex to be enjoyed. God designed sex to bring pleasure and delight to a husband and wife within the boundaries of their marriage relationship. Second, God created sex for emotional bonding. Sex deepens and strengthens the love that a husband and a wife have for each other in their marriage. Now, of course, this is not what the world teaches. The world teaches that sex is just a physical act. There is no emotional thing, anything like that. It's just, it's just an act that you do. And you walk up and you go and you go and, you know, go play football or whatever. It's just, it's just that's it. But that's wrong. And people who forget that end up making mistakes that they carry for years. And again, maybe some of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you have made some mistakes in the area of your sexual sex life and they still hurt. And that's because sex is more than just a physical act. It is an emotional bonding that God specifically designed to help deepen and strengthen the love that a husband and a wife share in their marriage. Third, God created sex for procreation, right? God created sex so that we could have children, so that we could have families, so that we could populate the earth. In fact, God commands that in Genesis 9. He says, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. And I have to laugh because out of all the commandments that God has given to us, we faithfully keep this one, don't we? We're like, got that one, God. So those are some reasons why God created sex. But let me just share with you, and and, and this is not me. This is not Pastor Zardi's standard for sex. This is in the Bible. This is God's word. This is God's standard for sex. And it's simple. It's very clear. It's very black and white. Sex is to occur between only a husband and a wife and only in the context of a marriage relationship, period. That's it. When you take sex and use it outside of God's standard, it is going to lead to all kinds of pain and problems. Think about it this way. Think about when you drive your car, right? When you drive your car, there are standards that you follow when driving your car. Green means go. Red means stop. Solid double yellow lines mean you don't pass. In this country, you stay on the right side of the road. Those are the standards that we follow when we drive our cars. And if we don't follow, if somebody doesn't follow those standards, it can lead to all kinds of pain and problem, Right problems. So I am, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for those standards when I'm out driving on the street. Well, we should be just as thankful for God's standard that he has given to us in this area of sex. But we live in a world that throws up their arms and says, who does God think he is to impose his standards upon me? It's my body. I'm an adult. I can do with it whatever I want. And you know what? You're right. You can But just understand that there are consequences that are going to come into your life as a result of you deviating from God's, his best plan for your life. For example, referring to sexual sin, look at what it says here in Proverbs 5 verse 9. It says, if you do, if you live outside of God's standard, you will lose your honor. Do you know of anybody who's lost their honor because of a sexual mistake that they made outside of marriage? Probably, I know some presidential candidates that had to drop out of the race because of this. Or maybe you know some people personally in your family. But you lose more than your honor. Look, this verse goes on. It says, strangers will obtain your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Afterwards, you will cry or groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. And you will say, if only I had not demanded my own way, thought I was smarter. (laughs) If you want to avoid that kind of regret, commit to God's standard, right? If you want to make your sex life foolproof, commit to God's standard. Second, guard your mind. hmm Whether you are a married couple and you are serious about protecting your marriage, or whether you are a single person and you are serious about waiting until you get married, married, guard your mind, because what goes into your mind immediately goes into your heart. And here's why this is important. Proverbs 4 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So maybe think about it this way. Okay, when something goes into your mind, it then quickly goes into your heart, which then can be played out in action, right? You can live it out. And here's the thing. If you live out your life and you're living it outside of God's standard, again, it's going to lead to pain and regret. So if you want to make your sex life foolproof, guard your mind. And of course, there are all kinds of ways by which you can, uh, certainly there are all kinds of areas where you can guide or control what you think about. For example, you can control, right? You can control whether or not you're going to watch porn. You can. You can control whether you're going to look at another person of the opposite sex with lust. You can. Now, you may not be able to avoid looking at a person when they walk by you, you know, you look at them, but you can control that second look, that second look that leads to lust. You can control the fantasies that you allowed to build within your mind with this person that you see on a regular basis. That person might be somebody you see at work or at school or in your neighborhood, right? You can control your mind. Psalm 103, 101 verse three says, I will set before my eyes, no vile thing, guard your mind. And if you want a practical tip that will help you every single time to guard your mind, here it is. It's in 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. What's that first word? Everybody say it. Flee. Flee. Yeah. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So flee or run from what is bad and instead run toward what is good and right and pure. Run away from fantasies and lustful thoughts. Run away from those emotional attachments that you know are out of bounds for you. If you are married, do not allow yourself to be put into a situation where you're going to be all alone with someone of the opposite sex and where things can get physical. Don't do that. You flee from that. Same thing as, as a single adult. I mean, granted, you can be alone with someone of the opposite sex when you're on a date, but just you know, be careful. You're the environment in which you allow yourself to be with that person. You want to flee. Because temptation starts here in the mind, if you want to make your sex life foolproof, guard it. Guard that mind. Guard it. All right, third, minimize your temptations reduce the exposures that you may have to those areas where you struggle or may be weak. Now, obviously you can't get rid of every temptation. I get that. But you can minimize them quite a bit. And here are a couple of ways by which to do that. Okay, if you are serious about making your sex life foolproof and you want to minimize those temptations, the first thing you want to do is admit that you are vulnerable. Admit that you are easy pickings (laughs) to the devil's temptations. Because you are. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, I would never do porn. I would never commit adultery. I'm not like those other people. And that may be true, but be careful. Be really careful there. Proverbs 16 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. If you think that you are invincible, be careful. okay? Because that pride is going to actually keep you from putting up those safeguards that can protect you. Be careful because given the right circumstances, all of us are vulnerable. In fact, it's when you feel like you don't have to worry that you really should be worried because that's when you are in the most danger. First Corinthians chapter 10 says it this way. If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. So admit that you are vulnerable, right? Second, figure out what makes you vulnerable, if you're, if there's a group of people and every time you hang out with them, you tend to fall into this same sin again and again and again, stay away from those people, right? You don't let those people entice you like that. In fact, Proverbs 1 says, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. And maybe it's not people. Maybe that's not where you're vulnerable. Maybe where you're vulnerable is with the internet, with your laptop or electronic device, and if that's the case, then you, there are all kinds of filters that are available for you. I printed one out for you in your sermon outline, but they're coming in eyes. That's, that's a, a website that you can use. If you know that's where you are vulnerable, put those blockades in place that can help uh, keep you from digging into porn. Again, talking about sexual sin. In Proverbs 5, it says, keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Figure out what makes you vulnerable and then stay a country mile away. Third, maximize the godly pull. In other words, hang out with those godly people that you know share your Christ-like values. Find trusted Christian believers who are going to not only understand your temptations, but they're going to pray for you. And you know, they're going to pray for you and they're going to check in on you and they're going to hold you accountable. Find those kinds of people. Proverbs 27 says is iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. You are so much stronger when you don't have to face a temptation all by yourself. So find those godly people who are going to be pulling for you and praying for you and and checking in on you. If you want to make your sex life uh, foolproof, this third thing is maximize the godly pull so that in turn you can minimize those temptations. Fourth, if you want to make your sex life foolproof, consider the consequences. Nothing, I tell you right now, if you want something that is going to stop you dead in your tracks, when it comes to being tempted sexually, ask yourself this question. Okay, imagine there's this imagine this line. Okay, this is where God wants you to live. This is where the world wants you to live. Okay, ask yourself this question. What will I give up if I cross this line? Ask yourself that question. Because when you and I and you have to ask yourself that question because when you are tempted sexually, you don't think clearly. You don't Instead, you allow the the impulsive moment of that desire and that pleasure to block that it will keep you from thinking about what you do have, right? It will block you from thinking about the pain and the consequences that can come into your life if you do sin. So think, ask yourself that question. What will I give up? Proverbs 6, I love what this says. The prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread. You got about as much common sense as a lump of dough. That's amazing. And the adulteress preys upon your very life. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Obviously, fire is helpful when it is contained. But if it is out of control, it can become very dangerous. And sex is no different. The verse goes on. Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. A man who commits adultery lacks judgment. Whoever does so destroys himself. Wow. Wow. Nothing is going to hurt you or your spiritual life. Nothing is going to hurt you emotionally or relationally. Nothing is going to hurt your memories or even your future more than a failure in the area of sex. And of course, there are people all over the world who have have to deal with the consequences Of this failure. And I'm sure they find themselves saying again and again. Boy I really wish I hadn't done that. But I'll tell you what. If if you. The best way to deal with regret. If you don't want that. Is to keep yourself from being put in a situation. Where you will have to experience those regrets. And the best way to do that. Is to simply listen. To God's voice. And to live in his standard. To live in his standard. Of course, as, as, as sinful human beings, we always are going to fight against that temptation. And if you're like me, you will stumble into sin because nobody's perfect, right? Nobody is. We all make mistakes. But that's why in love for this world, God sent Jesus. That's what Laura was talking about just a moment ago. Look at this. Romans 5 it says, God demonstrates his love in this. It's his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So no matter what sin you committed you know, yesterday or last year or years ago, grace and forgiveness are available to you. Right? And through the cross, right? Laura held that up. Through the cross, through the power of the cross, the, the, the stain of your sin can be washed away. Through faith in Jesus Christ as your savior, God can bring, he can bring healing and wholeness and relief from those memories that still may be tormenting you. In Jesus, you can experience God's healing love. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. God wants to give you his grace. He's just waiting to hand it off to you. All you got to do is ask for it. in the Spirit's power and faith, ask for it. doesn't matter what you've done up to this point in time in your life. doesn't matter. God's grace and forgiveness are available to you right here, right now. So ask. Say, God, I'm sorry. And maybe as you're just sitting here right now, you don't have to bow your head. You don't have to close your eyes. Just in your mind, if you've got some confessing to do, just do it. Just say, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for living outside your standard, for following the world's way. Forgive me for Jesus' sake and take away the pain and the hurt and the regret and the bad memories and the guilt. Take it all away, God. Take it all away so that I can have this, this fresh start with you. And you know what he'll do? He will do exactly that. In love for you, he will wash away that stain of your guilt with the blood of his son. And that's not all. In love for you, he'll also give you, and this is, this is really important. Listen to, if you haven't listened to anything, listen to this. He will also give you the power when you face temptation in the future to say no to it. You don't have to end up face down in a ditch with Satan going, sucker, got you again. You don't. God will give you the power to walk away. Every single time, you will never face a temptation that is so powerful that you have to, you have to give in. 1 Corinthians 10 says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out, an escape route, so that you can stand up under it. Do you catch that? If you don't want to live a life of hurt and brokenness and regret... If that's then instead of following the world's way, follow God's way because he will be with you. He will guide you. He will bless you. And he will protect you from those temptations. He will give you an escape route. All you have to do is use it. That's it. So follow God's way, right? Follow God's standard and you can make your sex life foolproof. All right, well, let me just close by challenging you in a couple of ways this week. First, let me challenge you to connect with God and memorize Proverbs 4, verse 6. Uh, Pastor Mark read it a moment ago. I read it too. Let me read it again. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Memorize those words because those words remind you of the wisdom of God's word that can guide you and direct you in your life. Second, share your weak areas with someone who will hold you accountable. Find at least one person with whom you can say, I'm struggling in this area. Will you walk with me through this? Find somebody that you can trust who will hold you accountable. And then third, trust God for healing and peace from past mistakes. We are all, we all make mistakes. So let God's love and grace just flow over you and restore you and refocus you, right? Back into God's way, God's path. God's standard for your life. All right, well, let's pray about that. All right, let's pray about that. Father, thank you for the wisdom found in your word and for giving us guidance in the area of this incredible gift called sex. Forgive the times when we lived outside of your will and thought we knew better, that we were smarter than you. Help us instead to be wiser in this area and to follow your standards so that we can enjoy this gift the way you had in mind for us. So, Father, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for this series. We love you. And we pray all this in Jesus' great name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.